0: It's the time to return to the podcast with the informers. I don't know how to rhyme. It's just great to be back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast about the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate. Going to try and give you a lovely musical intro as we go forward. Now, I will probably mess up as we go along, but I tell you two people who are not messing up, and that's my co-host today. Returning from last week is Fergus. Hey man? Hello.
1: Hello everyone. I'm glad to be back.
0: And returning again, it's James.
2: Hey God. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. it's all good. Right. No, uh, so uh Fergus, how, let's start with you, man. How uh how's since we've been last spoken? Since we last spoke, I can't talk today, words.
1: Really good. Uh went to a party over the weekend and have just bought some Mario Kart 8. So that's probably the next game I'm probably going to obsessively try and complete. <laughs> with all the tracks that they're constantly
0: uh, bringing out. I haven't kids, bought right?
1: them yet, but I will probably, yes. Ev- yeah. Every track from every previous Mario Kart is available.
0: Yes, I've heard about this, which is going to be insane, to be honest. Like That's a 100 tracks, from so I'm correct. Uh, it's yeah. quite a few, at least. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. That's cool. Uh, how about yourself, James?
2: Yeah, I've been good. So... I've been basically trying to, trying to still smash my way through Elden Ring. I'm determined to actually beat it at the first Souls game that will actually complete. I'm determined to do it. I, what else have I done? I um, also watched a film a couple of days ago, which I highly recommend, which is uh, called Irresistible by Jon Stewart. The Jon Stewart. It's a political film all about American politics, but it's got a very good... um, It's actually got a very good bet. It's actually very bipartisan.
0: Mm, sounds interesting. Uh, myself, I went to Brighton Pride. uh It was very warm, very tiring. I'm still feeling it now. Honestly, I was going down on the train and it was madness. Like, you couldn't move. Every train, all 12 carriages were rammed shoulder to shoulder, down the aisles, everything. It was madness. And even the trains were going, Yeah, we're not stopping at other stations. We just have to go straight to Brighton. You have to get, get straight there. And then. when we we were there it was great and everything i bought this little like telescope stall uh, when i was there and it was the best thing i ever bought because everyone else was like sitting on the beach on the stones and i was just on this like little stall and i was like (laughs) yeah Uh, i didn't go in the sea unfortunately but i kind of wish i did uh because i'm i'm feeling i'm still feeling the sun now because it was a lovely day but it was an amazing day a lovely parade um there was this woman dancing on top of a roof like on top of a on top of a flat it was she wasn't near the edge, but it was quite madness, and you know it was it was just a brilliant day. I uh, coloured the beard as you'll probably see in the preview image. People had a blue beard and purple hair, so I definitely rocked that with the glitter and the sparkle. And uh, yeah, it was a really fun. I um, also watched Prey, the new the Predator prequel movie that's on Disney Plus. I well I think we'll definitely talk about that more soon, but I'll give you a hint now. I give an eight point five nine out of ten. It was very very good very good movie and they've already they're already talking about sequels basically a lot of people are hoping that they do an assassins creed basically do a predator film in different historical time periods Norse Japanese African you know do a predator movie in those regions like hour because the prey movies only like an hour and 35 minutes in total so it's quite you know it's, it's quite quite condensed i also started watching the sandman haven't finished it yet i thought i would but uh yeah that was uh that was a brilliant it's brilliant so far weird aspect ratio like it's it, it seems like the footage is very slightly like ever so slightly stretched out up and that's in that is actually intentional so it's interesting that they put they did that uh finally uh what else did i do uh yeah well we got the uh the the pixel the pixel podcast out people Finally cracked the egg, finally figured out the formatting. Took me a long time, but hopefully I will cut down the editing time and we can get those pixel versions out quicker before a Sunday evening. I'm hoping to get them out at latest by Saturday. And we can keep going there. But no, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty much my week. It's uh, I am definitely look forward to a bit of a break, to be honest. That's, uh, that's definitely for sure, because I haven't really stopped in the last week. <sighs> and take a deep breath. <laughs> yes people it's all it's always glad to be back here with you here and uh again you know with nmi we like to give you all that lovely news and those lovely topics last week myself and fergus got into our top five tv anime and what an interesting list they were uh if you checked out the references for some of those animes people you could definitely say why i say interesting lists because mine were how could i put this very shown in basic fergus went in a different direction
1: yeah, there's there's a wide range of anime out there, and I think we explored at least two very separate avenues of that. Um, yeah, go and check it out if you want some interesting recommendations.
0: I mean, I'm air-quoting people, but yeah, at least two different avenues, that's for sure. I just, basically, uh, that, that fact that I couldn't even click one of those YouTube videos was insane, to be honest.
1: Yeah, 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 I know. But... This is a thing that exists within this world and needs to be, you know, at least pointed out.
0: Yeah, fair enough then. Right. Anyway, people, you know, you know what we do here. So basically what's going to happen is uh, today we're going back into the news. We're going back into another list, people. Uh, We're going to be talking about our our top, our favourite or top five cult movies. We'll probably do TV shows eventually, though. Cult TV shows are a bit, bit looser because they could... It's a bit more interesting when it comes to cult TV shows, but cult movies, we could definitely get some, hopefully some solidists and some good, some mm. very good brief discussions from them. So yeah, right people, I've done my intro. Hello everyone. Hello Fergus. Hello. Hello James. Hi. Hey. Right, guys, do you reckon it's time to, you know people, as we say here, it's time to get on that
1: news, right? Tell us Nate, what has happened this week?
0: So it seems we're getting a Pac-Man movie, a live action movie. And it's coming from the Jane the Virgin actor, Justin Baldoni is, ho- is hoping to bring the exploit of Pac-Man to a movie theater near you. Or more, uh, more, you know, technically wise, his production company Wayfarer Studios is backing a live action film based on the popular arcade game along with Bandai Namco Entertainment, the Japanese video game publisher that the creator Pac-Man as well as Ace Combat, Galaga and Tekken. Uh, this come from Variety.com. Again, I don't know why. Like... This, the untitled movie is based on a story by Chuck Williams, who's experienced with adapting video games for the big screen as, with adaptive video games for the big screen as a producer on the Paramount box office hit Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, uh, Beldoni, Manu Ga- uh, Galgi and Andrew Collif will produce a, on behalf of Wayfarer Studios and Williams and Tim Kwok will produce through Lightbeam Entertainment. I'm interested to see how this goes because a live action Pac-Man movie like, is he yeah. just like, this was.
1: This is what I was going to say, like, is this going to be 3D animated Pac-Man in a, you know, happy live action 3D family? Or is someone actually going to dress up as Pac-Man? Oh, God. Oh, and imagine... What on earth is the justification for Pac-Man existing
2: within, you know, an IRL-ish world? I imagine it will be the same as Sonic. Uh, sorry, for former. But do we need a Pac-Man live-action movie? I mean,
0: I mean... <laughs> do you remember the Pixels movie uh, with Adam Sandler?
2: Yeah, I tried to watch it a couple yeah. of. Weeks ago. I got about uh, about thirty seconds in before I turned it off.
0: Do you know what they could do? And they're never going to do it because it's going to be a kids' movie. But they can make Pac-Man a serial killer, and the ghosts are like you know his victims that he's uh, he's taken care of before, and he's hunting down his next ones.
2: Or maybe it's somebody who's popped some hallucinogenic and he thinks everybody is a ghost. He has to keep popping hallucinogenics. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like no, that. No,
1: it could just be that someone happens to look like Pac-Man. Everyone treats him normally and Pac-Man has to go to a very dull office job at an insurance company where everyone treats him as a normal human being.
0: You know what's gonna happen there, right? He's gonna <laughs> talk
1: normally throughout the entire
0: film and when he gets his final big moment, he's gonna go waka 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 waka. That that will be the final suit that that will be like his power up, I I guarantee it. Yeah,
1: probably, but also that'll be very lame.
0: I mean, yeah, but I'd actually giggle at that to be honest, if that's like, you know, the hype the hypeness of it. And the ghost
1: I go you know, running away, that'd be yeah. I don't have high expectations for this, I
2: find i i I I so I'm interested to see a trailer, but I have absolutely no idea. In all seriousness, how the hell this works as a film?
0: Well, then we'll leave it there for now, people. But let's just say um, I really like the actor Justin Baldoni. I actually watched *Daniel Virgin*; it's a really good show. Uh, it's like a it's like a comedy show based on like a, a Latin telenovela in America, and it's on Netflix. I, I believe it's on Netflix. Highly recommended. People it. It actually ended as well, which was really good. Uh, yeah. Moving along, though, from one adaptation to another. Uh it says we are getting the Sonic uh, the Hedgehog 3 movie, it's gonna be released in December 2024. I know they're still doing the um the Knuckles, I believe they're still doing the Knuckles TV series on Paramount Plus with Idris Elba. So again, really enjoyed the second one. Uh I thought the fact like, you know, they went more video gamey with it in the sequel. Uh I know Jim Carrey said he kind of retired at the end of the second the second movie. So they ha- I think they have to bring it back or. If you've seen the movie, you know how they tease the ending. A lot of people are saying they should just want... The... I'm not going to spoil it, people, because go watch on Paramount+. Plus. I believe it's there now. Keanu Reeves should be the voice in the next one. A lot of people are saying that, basically, for that character.
2: Oh, John Wick's going to enter the Sonic universe.
0: I mean, Fergus is like, God damn it, Nate. That actually... That works. Come on. like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I so soaking a lot. I, I don't know. It's a very hard one to call... Um...
0: But again, it's like, like yeah. l- really looking forward to it. I thought, you know, I've, I, I hopefully, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and better and everything. So, yeah, right. Moving along to another movie adaptation, <clears throat> it seems that Lady Gaga has confirmed that she st- is starring in Joker. Right. I don't even know how I'm going to pronounce this, but Folly Adieu? Folly Adieu? Is that, okay. is that, is that yeah. you pronounce it?
2: Folly Adieu, yeah.
0: Folly Adieu. So, yeah, so this comes from superherohype.com. Uh, Warner Brothers is uh, finally set for a full 2024 debut for the Joker sequel, Joker Followed A De. Um Now the Joker seemingly has his has leading lady, singer and actress Lady Gaga, has confirmed early reports that she will co-star in the film alongside Joaquin Phoenix. Back in June, Lady Gaga, whose real name is Stefani Germanato, uh, was linked to the role of Dr. Harleen Quinzel slash Harley, Dr. Harley Quinn. Uh, but she, obviously she tweeted this very uh, recently in the last couple of days that she is going to be in it. Now, I'm very like, uh, make sure you pause these people when you actually play them. But like, again, I know they're trying to I know there's rumors that they're trying to bring Zazie Beats back as well. Who's in the original movie, the love in, the original love interest in the movie. So I'm wondering, do you remember this theory, James, that we had about how the Joker movie will be sort of like, different tellings of his origin story like he's that mentally broken that he yeah. doesn't have one origin story
2: yeah that's that's an interesting site i didn't i didn't I, I don't remember that it's been a while but um that, that would definitely be an interesting site that i didn't expect mind you it does end do with that. him
0: it does end with him in the hospital though so i'm wondering if it's a case of it is set afterwards most likely so but then we are going to be dealing with the ramifications obviously with the wayne's murder and gotham Going to Purge at that point, because he does make Gotham riot at that point in the yeah. end of that film. Stunning film. I don't want him to lose the weight again. I think, I think like, you know, that was an interesting gimmick for the first film, but yeah. it's very damaging to actors sometimes to do that to their bodies. And again, that, that could be quite dangerous. And he's an amazing actor in whatever he does. And obviously, with Lady Gaga being in this film, and no doubt being a musical, um, most likely, and Lady Gaga's an amazing actress... Wycombe Phoenix is a great musician himself because he played um, Johnny Cash in the, walk the, walk, the um, walk the Line movie.
2: Yeah, I've never actually seen Lady Gaga uh, act, I don't think, so I'd be interested to see how she does that. But I kind of think she's already got the name of a Batman villain anyways.
0: Lady Gaga. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. Uh, so I highly recommend watching the film A Star Is Born with her, her and Bradley Cooper. Uh, I've heard it's really good. I'm not seen it myself, but I've heard of a lot of people watching it and really enjoyed it. And... It's a movie that's been adapted three times now since the 50s, so I highly recommend that. Right, people, we are moving along to uh, some really, really sad news now. Uh, It was announced uh, yesterday that uh, Olivia Newton-John has passed away at the age of 73. Obviously, the uh, British-born Australian singer and actress was best known for playing, Sandy in Greece, one of the most successful film musicals ever made. And obviously she did the music video back in the 80s, Let's Get Physical. Again, really sad news. Uh, this come from bbc.co.uk. Uh, I, I think Grease was probably my first big film musical. So sort of like, you know, the first proper time I've seen John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John in, you know, in a musical format, just in general. And yeah, it's really sad to say about her past because obviously uh, she has passed away from cancer, uh, age 33. And I know she's been fighting it for a long time, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, Greece was um, a massive breakthrough film that's still front and centre today, so um, like a lot of respect to her for that. But I, beyond the films, uh, her music career was very noteworthy. I mean, she performed for the UK as a Eurovision entry. I can't remember what year it was, but um, she has been around in the entertainment industry, you know, playing her part for some time. It's quite sad to see her go, really.
0: Again, you know, it's 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 not it's not like, you know, passing away in a sleep one. This was a sad sad case and she has fought it. It obviously come from BBC, she was first diagnosed in nineteen ninety two and she became a leading advocate of cancer research. A charity the Living Newton John Foundation has raised millions to support the research. But again, this is just it's just really sad news that you know, she obviously she lost the fight, but she kept fighting. That's the thing, you, you know. And she's gonna leave an amazing legacy. That's 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 the thing as well, you know. I, I, if you hear Greece anywhere you go, you know, everyone knows what that is. She will go down in history as a very iconic actress in general for the roles and the performances she's given. And at least we can, you know, take some solace in knowing that she will always be remembered in that sense.
1: Yeah, she won't be forgotten anytime soon. No,
0: no, definitely not right people obviously we can't say much more There, that it's really it is really sad news to be honest but uh let's move on to the next new subject now so again on a lighter note which i, I think a lot of people are hoping for and even this act is coming out now and saying it giancarlo esposito was at the pjh superhero car show and comic-con in san antonio texas responding to a fan's question about you know the fact that he's uh had he's at he's had discussions with marvel uh but he's so basically it's gonna uh this is a quote from IGM uh from the conversation he had a TikTok video from uh Countdown Countdown City Geeks. Can't pronounce that correctly. I've not worked for marvel yet, I've been in the room with them and talked to them. as Pacita said, I'm gonna go for something that's a little bit different. I'm gonna go and put it out in the universe that I'd like to play Professor X. Site, so, yes, straight away, just do it. It doesn't matter. D23, you know, have him just come out and just be like, just put his hat into his head. And just be like, yes, I am Professor Charles Xavier. Also, he has played so many villains. Now he needs the opposite role. He he needs, you know. And who's more okay? To be fair, Charles Xavier in the comic books isn't always, you know, seen as the good character. But mostly, he is seen as a good character. And who's more, you know, leading in that sense?
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I would love to see um, how he would handle uh, a different role or not a non-villain role. I hate. I personally hate to see actors, typecast, and often quite actors will excel at doing different, different things, and it's always a joy to, to watch that.
1: I have to say, I don't agree. Um, I say in my mind, he is a very good villain in everything that he has been a villain in. Um, and to, to kind of just switch that round and him be be well, not exactly squeaky clean, but I, I think he would be better off as a villain role than uh, Professor X. Well, I know,
0: know we're definitely going to put this out there in like the casting. I've, I've already got my Magneto casting sorted. Like A lot of people actually agree with this as well. So this actor, and I think he'd be perfect for the role in Magneto, and that is one Mr. Denzel Washington. Mr. Denzel Washington as Magneto and Giancarlo Esposito yeah. as Charles Xavier. I find that as a legendary pairing, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit worried about their age, uh, but yes, primarily.
0: But to be fair, they are the right age that uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were probably a bit younger, actually, Did than they? what they were. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, yeah. Patrick, you know, Patrick Stewart is almost 90. So it means no. he would have been, you know, yeah, is he's he? like 86, 87 now. Yeah, Gosh. he's like almost 90. And that means he would have been about, like, in his 70s when he played, uh, you know, Professor X back in the day, or at oh. least 65. Giancarlo Spacito is nowhere near that age, or maybe he's near his 60s. But Denzel, I know is, and Denzel, I know is in his sixties. and you need an older actor. Also, they are the right age to play for, for people who were there during the civil rights movement as well. Mm. So you know, you tr- you change the story up from Magneto being a Holocaust survivor to the civil rights movement. You you play yeah. it up in that sense. You know, I'm I'm taking this from other people who've discussed it before as well. I'm not. This isn't my own original idea, but yeah. So basically, um, he's uh 64. Uh, which oh. one, Denzel or um, Giancarlo? Giancarlo. Okay, so yeah, perfect age in my opinion. Uh, I know I was listening to another podcast the other day, new rock stars, and they were talking about how is is Kang keeping the mutants out of the MCU, and that's why we've not seen them yet in the multiverse. Now, I had another theory to this in the sense of like maybe he is doing it, but what if like because obviously the people that lead these characters are yeah. Professor X and Magneto. What well, if it is those two act, those two characters haven't been put in the MCU yet, and they're the um, they're the driving force for all the X Men to happen or all the mutants to happen. Maybe that's just you know the narrative to pull forward. Again, just an idea I've had. We'll probably get into that more conversation later. I definitely want to get into a bigger uh, discussion when, when they eventually announce you know we are getting the X Men movie fan castings for X Men characters. I'd actually quite like yeah. to have a discussion for that. I think we're quite yeah. into that because obviously. We are definitely getting another Wolverine. That's going to happen. I'd actually like them to less focus on Wolverine going forward, like him not being the the, the front and center character. But yeah, again, yeah, right. So moving off of X Men though, looking forward to that. We need to talk about DC. Come on, right. We need to we need to yeah. get DC out of the way now. Right. What we'll do is first we'll get we'll get to the we'll get to the big one in a minute. What we're gonna have to do though is talk about what they have planned first. Yeah. So. WBD CEO David Z- Zales has a plan in place for DC. This come from IGN. We have done a reset. We've restructured the business where we're going to focus where there will be a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC, Zales has said. It's very similar to the structure that Alan Horn and Bob Iger got together very effectively with Kevin Feige at Disney. Uh, Zales says that the hopes is to build a long-term, much stronger, sustainable growth business out of DC and the company is hoping to you know, get focused on quality mm over quantity we're not going to release any film before it's ready we're not going to release a film to make a quarter we're not going to release a film to really we're not going to release a film we're not going to release a film the focus is going to be how do we make each of these films in general as good as possible uh the wb uh, direct, uh ceo cited films already in the works such as black adam shazam and the flashes the films that are completely, completely very excited about we've seen them we think they're terrific and we think we can make them even better now I'm kind of frustrated by this. Now they say they have a ten-year plan, right? They've already had a ten-year plan. We were supposed to have Justice League three soon. We were supposed to mm-hmm. have Cyborg movie. We were supposed to have all these films coming out. But and also they keep saying that Alan Horn and Kevin Feige. Now I know Alan Horn. I believe is coming over to help out DC. You know, Warner, you know Warner Brothers. But they don't have a Kevin Feige. They do not right. have this. They do not have this person. You can. It's it's, it's basically what's happened is this person has come in and they've just shaken everything up. They've just shaken everything up. And some things have gotten shaken so loose that they've just disappeared, which I'm very pissed off with. Let's just finish off this bit before we get to the main thing. Again, I would love to see more Superman. I would love to see more, you know, uh, more of these movies. I'd love to to see more Batfleck because I thought he was great as Batman. And we are going to be getting more of him in Aquaman 2, as I said before. But the Snyderverse wasn't correct in my opinion it had its good things it had its bad things like the fact it made batman a killer didn't work superman is seen as a character of hope he wasn't seen as that in the movies they did doomsday way too fucking soon
2: it might be controversial it might be because i'm not a massive um comic book fan but i actually quite like man of steel and i quite like the ending to that
0: so man of steel i actually really loved the movie and i really like uh wonder woman and I really like Shazam. I like those movies. Aquaman, I was okay with it. It was alright. It was good. But Justice League, the first version, no, fuck off. Uh, Batman versus Superman, I had to reevaluate myself after that because there were good parts. Obviously, it gave us Ben Affleck as Batman, but the fact that they introduced Wonder Woman in that movie as well, and the final, the the character that kills Superman so early on, which is so wrong in my opinion, and the Flash was, we'll get to him.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree, agree with you there. I think art Man Manor still, it, it lost its way, but um, Man is still and the ending to it, uh, I quite liked that, and I didn't mind that aspect of Superman's character.
1: Um, a more general point, like the fact they are concentrating on Kevin Feige at all and trying to mimic Marvel and trying to rush a decade worth of setup that Marvel have. Like, the market's not big enough for two Marvels. They need to be doing something... Very different with what they have at the moment. They're rushing out, or have been up till now, rushing out and ruining the properties that they have. And when it doesn't do as well, they've been it restart it. You know that
0: they... also. Also, like they're also talking about getting rid of scripted content, like scripted show content on HBO Max, and they're saying Insane. like, I'm not joking, you. One of the universes they want to focus on is 90 Day Fiance. Like they want to get rid of they want to get rid of like big properties now. HBO is fine. It's really confusing, right? We have HBO Max and HBO. HBO yeah. is fine, such as Gamers, of Thrones stuff like that. That's fine. Yeah. HBO Max is the one that's in possibly in jeopardy because there's yeah. a big news article. People worried about Peacemaker season two with James Gunn. James mm. Gunn had to come out and say no. Season two is fine. We're good to go. We're good to go. Kevin Smith's property. He was working on a, an animated show that got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um uh Harley Quinn is supposedly safe right now. Season 4 is going to be safe. That's the one I'd be pissed if they did cancel the most. Yeah. Um but when it comes to HBO Max though, to be fair that a lot of countries can't get HBO Max at all because of licensing restrictions. Yeah. Do so you want to restrict your content even more to do this? And I know they're going to be folding it into um Discovery Plus in 2023. Now wondering mm-hmm. folding it into Disney pl- Discovery Plus could that get away around the licensing issue? That could be it, but again, that's just a, a big concern I have with this person's come in and he just threw out a lot of stuff. Particularly yeah. the one thing we're majorly going to talk about right now, and that's Batgirl. Yeah, Batgirl just got canned. Yeah, why? Mm. We're not again quoting again from IGN here. We're not going to release any film before it's ready. It wasn't ready
1: because it wasn't done. We're not going to a- release any film dot dot dot
0: (laughs) now it's just frustrating because like this film had its reshoots it was going into post-production like you i've never heard of this happen tv shows yes i've heard of pilots pilots are created game of friends for example that's correct but when it comes to this why
1: so discovery taking over warner brothers is a relatively recent phenomenon right i'm right in saying that
0: yes it's very yeah it's very recent yeah
1: so basically, we've got Discovery execs wading in on Warner Bros' territory and going, actually, guys, we spent the billions of pounds. We want to reset it how we think that this universe should be. And the first ad main victim of that has been Batgirl, which is a real shame because, I mean, they were about to have a female Latin lead Latin. Like, it would have done a lot for... And-
0: like, Michael Keaton was going to be in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was
0: the thing. Brennan Fraser, That you know, that pissed a lot of people off for that because we're in the Renaissance at the moment. But I know Kevin Smith came out and he, uh, he came out recently on his um, latest episode of Hollywood Babylon and he's condemned Warner Brothers Discovery for accident. Basically saying, uh, it's an incredibly bad luck to cancel the Latina Batgirl movie. Smith said, "I don't give a shit if the movie was absolutely fucking dog shit. I guarantee you that it wasn't. The two directors who directed that movie did a couple of episodes of Miss Marvel, and it was a wonderful fucking show. And they made more money to do Batgirl, and they had more money to do Batgirl than they had to do for an episode of Miss Marvel and stuff. Uh, again, that's true. Like, and I'm kind of frustrated because we we haven't had Batgirl yet in live action." No, well, we, we have, haven't. we have in the 60s. That yeah. was the last... Oh, sorry. No, no, we did. The Batman and Robin movie with Alicia Silverstone.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
0: Exactly. That was the last time we saw...
1: <laughs> so literally a lifetime ago.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we, you know, we've, we've had so... We've had what, how many Batmen now? We've had how, how many Batmen? How many Robins?
1: Yeah. To be fair, we haven't
0: actually had that many Robins.
1: No. It was, this, have... There was their breakthrough broadening out from... Yeah. Just Batman, really. I, it's, it's very disappointing.
0: And, yeah, again, like, so, and I know uh, it came out that Kevin Feige uh, sent a message to the directors uh, as well as other uh, actors as well. Kevin Feige uh, emailed them saying, oh, my friends, I had to reach out and let you know we are thinking of you both because of the wonderful news about the wedding. Congrats and the disappointing news about Batgirl. Right, I'll finish this thing <laughs> in a minute. This guy found out at his wedding that his film was cancelled.
1: Yeah. That is it was... terrible. Was there a follow-up message by Kevin Feige saying, hey, come work for us?
0: (laughs) I mean, they already have. They already have. (laughs) Not
1: surprising if you treat people like that. So
0: very proud of you guys for all the amazing work you did, and particularly Miss Marvel, of course, which was actually really good, to be honest. Uh, Can't wait to see what uh, is next for you two. Hope to see you soon. And obviously, um, there was uh, the lead actress came out. And she gave a few words saying, thank you for the love and belief. Allow me to take on the cape and become, as Babs has said, my own damn hero. That's what I'm saying. It it was representation for a lot of people. Yeah. And they fucked up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be fairly confident of this film leaking onto the internet in the not too distant future What well, do a deadpool
0: do a ryan reynolds deadpool leak the film on the internet
1: i'm sure like there's got to be some disgruntled people with a full copy of the film by now right
0: yeah because like you know going to bbc you know the directors are shocked by the cancellation
1: mm. um
0: like and like again it's just, it's just so so frustrating uh obviously the directors came out and said we are saddened in the shot by the news we still can't believe it as directors, it is critical that our work be shown to audiences. While the film is far from finished, we wish that fans all over the world would have been had the opportunity to see and embrace the final film themselves. May one day they, maybe one day they will. Inshallah, uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, people. Our amazing cast and crew did a, a tremendous job and worked so hard to bring Batgirl to life. We are forever grateful to have been part of that film. It was a dream to work with such fantastic actors such as Michael Keaton, J.K. Simmons. Brendan Fraser, Jacob Scipio, Corey Johnson, Rebecca Front, and especially the great Leslie Grace, portrayed Batgirl with such passion, so much passion, dedication, and humanity. In any case, as huge fans of Batman, since we were little kids, it was a privilege and an honor to have been a part of the DCEU, even for a brief moment, Batgirl for life. I do want to point out something here, right? Now, with Batgirl, again, like, you know, Leslie Grace, she was going to become a big actress from this. I'm just frustrated because... We are getting Batgirl in Gotham Knights, the movie, and in the video game, sorry. And we've got Batgirl in Harley Quinn. So we've got her in two different properties. Why not capitalize on that? Okay, the movie might not have been perfect, but to a lot of people, it could have, as today people, it could have become a cult following. Yeah, it could have had a cult approach.
1: It may yet. Yeah.
0: And hopefully Alan Horn comes in or someone else who just goes, no, get this movie back and what's frustrating they wouldn't even put on hbo max which is so frustrating and also and i've heard there was talk of possibly it was to do with tax reasons as well no like, quite uh,
1: possibly
0: yeah, yeah. I, and i know um i know businesses in scotland are pissed because you know businesses God, in scotland were like <laughs> it cost them for a month again yeah. you
1: know and it was it, entirely it, filmed in glasgow which, again, representation for Glasgow, it doesn't get a huge amount of... You
0: know, well, actually, uh, I believe I believe the Batman, ironically, was filmed in Glasgow and Liverpool, so I would get that gothic feel. But to be fair, though, the film, as going by BBC here, uh, was already spent on the project $58 million or $70 million. $58 million pounds. That's not a lot. That's a bit more than Deadpool. Yeah. Why not just release it? That's more than... Okay, right. Stranger Things, the final season, the th- fourth season, had a $300 million
1: budget. Yeah. Why not just release this film? Six times ty- so an episode of Stranger Things is six times the budget as the breakthrough. Well, the, the whole, whole season was. Whole yeah. season. But still, damn man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was also thinking they're gonna try and write it off as, as a tax break.
0: That's what frustrates me most. Not it's even like
2: hard up really, like hmm.
0: Okay, like okay, it may not have been perfect, but I would have loved to have seen how they did this film. So but I thought yeah. it would've been great. And it, and also also we would have got a new villain, Firefly. Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser as Firefly, which we haven't seen in the DC. We keep doing the same villains, yeah, always the same villains. But having this is where Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, the animated show, rules because it's it's done so much for the villains of the DC universe, and yeah. it's it's given them more. It's given them more depth and more three dimensionality. I hope said quickly.
2: In, including some of the more crazy villains like Kite Man, who's actually um, much more fleshed out in, in the animation show.
0: Great, great character. You know, I'd actually like to see him in live action if they did it in more co- community take. They'd have to do that. Hell, yeah. Condiment King. He yep. Yeah, exactly. I'd. I uh, and I have to use the I have to use the pun now. Why didn't they relish the opportunity to do this movie? Okay, right. We have to move yeah. off this now because it's, it's a whole <laughs> subject we're going to get into later on a bit more probably because no that no, we're going to get more cancellation from other shows later down the line we'll talk about but again right moving on to our uh, next topic moving along very quickly uh, it seems that uh right microsoft is rolling out a five person family sharing game pass pa- pass plan this is interesting according to the official xbox news post microsoft is testing a higher price Family sharing Game Pass Plan that will allow up to five people to access the same subscription as we Supremely suggested. The initial rollouts come from PCgamer.com. The initial roller is exclusive to Columbia and Ireland, interesting choices, and allows members of the Xbox Interns program to test out the new package. According to an Xbox p- spokesperson, the added members have their own unique access to Xbox Game Pass, Ultimate Games, content, and benefits. They also noted that the package could change based on Xbox insider feedback. Apologies people if you hear a rumble in the background it's my um my washing machine going off. But basically I'm very interested in this to be honest like a family plan for Game Pass.
1: Yeah, no absolutely. Um you can now share passwords. I assume you don't all need to be in one building to be able to use this. I'm presuming not. That that, that
0: I don't think that I don't I mean it,
1: maybe we don't know. Uh,
0: again no we do we do not know yet we'll probably find out a bit later on as it goes as as we go on right moving along people so it seems that marvel's midnight suns has been delayed to an unknown date which is quite sad to be honest supposedly hmm. this is this is coming from twitter uh and uh, other news articles uh so oh sorry apologies this is coming from the official midnight Suns twitter page we have an important update to share regarding our launch day for marvel's midnight suns after discussion with the team, we've made the decision to move back the launch time of Marvel's Midnight Suns to ensure we're delivering the best possible experience for our fans. We will launch later this fiscal year on Windows PC, Xbox X, Series X and S and PS5 with Xbox One, PS4, Switch coming later date. We know fans are looking forward to playing Marvel's Midnight Suns and we will use this extra time to make sure we are delivering the best possible experience for everyone. Marvel's Midnight Suns is easily the biggest game we've ever made and we're incredibly appreciative of all the support players have shared with us throughout the years. Thank you for the Marvel's Midnight Suns team. For access games. 2X. Mm. 2K. Um, How do we feel about this?
1: I mean, delaying a game so it, you know, is a good game and not totally broken. is always a good thing. It's interesting they've mentioned the financial year, so they are going to launch it for...
0: Before March 2023.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it is a financial concern, so it will probably come out as not being binned.
2: So I know it's, it's probably a game I'm not going to play, but I wish, but I've no issues with the game being delayed. Uh, always the best experience. Just look at Cyberpunk, that was, all, that was delayed and delayed and delayed, and it turned out to be a massive disaster when it was released. Ah, it doesn't always work. But on the, whole, <laughs> on, on the whole, I think it is a good decision. And honestly, I just hope it's. Uh, the game sells really well for Voraxis because I want them to work on XCOM 3 and I want that to be the best it can be. So I wish them every success in uh, Midnight Sons and I hope uh, XCOM 3, when I get onto it, it's going to be amazing.
0: It's like, good luck good luck in the game. Now make this ever goddamn game. I want to get this ever goddamn game out. Just get yeah. rid of the timer. Get rid of the timer. That's all I'm asking people. Get rid of that timer from XCOM 2. Please do that. Uh, again, yeah. For myself, it's interesting that they said the uh, last gen versions and Switch versions are coming out at a later date. So uh, that, that that'll probably be in uh, the twenty twenty four physical year. But again, delaying a game isn't bad. I, I'm don't be wrong. I'm a bit disappointed. You know, I've, you would be. You want to play a video game. It's it's delayed again. And but again, you have to you have to weigh it up. You can be disappointed, but you also need to understand that you know this happens in the games industry and. You, you, they're just trying to make the best product. And when you do eventually play it, you'll enjoy it even more. And also probably less patches, massive patches with it as well when it comes out. That's the hope. And maybe more, you know, more content, more tweaks, more polishing and be really, really good and getting those, getting those extra hours into that game. Again, really look forward to the game. A bit disappointed, but I totally understand. Right, moving along very quickly. So we have Netflix gaming. So this is coming oh. from The Verge. Right so 90 this is come from the Verge 99% of Netflix subscribers haven't tried its games yet it sees 1.7 million daily users now to be fair 1.7 million daily users even though it's 1% is still a lot of players but when you when you write it as 99% of subscribers haven't tried the games yet it's kind of you know interesting it does have games um such as Explaining Kittens Card Game, Legends, uh, Legend, League of Legends spin-off Hextech Mayhem, uh, the strategy title Into the Breach, and also plans to add a game based on the original, games, the original series, The Queen's Gambit, so chess. Um, yeah. Again, like, chess. Netflix wants to double its current offerings of games to 50 titles by the end of 2022 and has acquired free indie game series to help meet its goal. I don't even know how to play games on, a, on Netflix. Yeah,
1: same. It's, it's, it's badly put across i think at the moment
0: yeah so this is coming from um uh the verge in january aptopia recorded eight million total game downloads Well, data from analysis firm Center tower shared uh 13 million in june subscribers on android devices can access down again for free from either the netflix app or google play store app okay so you need the phone i think if you could play on the tv with bluetooth connection like with controller that'd be good mm. I think because obviously you could do that with Xbox now. You could play, you could play your Xbox through your TV. Having that opportunity with uh, Netflix would be interesting. Again, I think with like the competitive market for Netflix in regards to other streaming services, it's interesting they are taking this route. Obviously, Apple tea, Apple has been in this game for a lot longer, and Google has mm-hmm. as well. But Google don't have TV shows. They did try with YouTube TV, but didn't really work. Um, again. I, I might give a few of these games a go. I think I've got into the breach actually, but maybe maybe write these articles as we have 1.7 daily million, you know, daily users. Not 99% of players don't play, but obviously that catches the headline, so it's going to pull people in to read.
1: I does feel like Netflix is stretching itself quite thin. Like I know they're quite big and established as a TV service, but they are already in quite a lot of debt and obviously struggling on the TV front vis-a-vis recent actions that we have discussed previously. Trying to decide that you're now an indie game publisher and acquiring game studios when you're frankly new to the market and not telling anyone, anyone about your games, even on yeah. the service you own. I, my gut no. feeling feels would say that this is going to end badly. But, you know.
0: I definitely agree. I definitely agree. But right, people, that is our news for this week. That is our news. I think we're, uh, I think it was, it was a good wrap-up. We, mm-hmm. we definitely had went into a nice conversation with DC there for a little bit. Nice 10-minute uh, discussion point. Uh, but yeah, again, we'll probably have more conversations with, we're actually asking about topics about uh, cancelled films or cancelled TV shows at some point down the line, if we'd like to see them return. Or maybe if you reboot them, how we'd actually take that approach. But right, people, that is our news. We're going to take a little bit uh, we're going to take a little break now. but after the break we're going to come back and talk about our favorite cult movies see you after the
2: break an illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon derek codenamed confused llama and his handler frank codenamed majestic Vol, investigate the theft a naive man with fanciful notions Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle.
0: Right, people, and welcome back. Uh, Obviously, go check out, uh, as I like to say all the time, go check out James's book. Also, I hope you enjoyed the little, dug in the smoking jacket advert with that i actually I actually took me a better time to do about it but I think actually works out quite well <clears throat> right so i'm oh, sorry
2: i oh, was just gonna say yeah i think it's quite cheers for night
0: yeah no no definitely man i hope you enjoy it right people so as we mentioned in the uh, part one of the show we are going to be getting to our favorite cult movies now when it comes to cult movies it's interesting because a lot of these movies are at were out when we weren't born or we were very young. So by the time the, by the time it came to us, it seemed there was a a big popularity. So we could we could see them as why were these cult movies? Why why were these movies seen this way? And it's it's nice to actually just get into you know a brief discussion and a little discussion on each of these movies and possibly why that is. What we're going to be doing, we're going to be going through a top five with a, maybe two or three honourable mentions each. We won't be getting much into the honourable mentions, just a quick a quick brief talk about them. And then we'll be getting into the top five with uh, speak a few minutes on each one, brief discussion, then move on to the next one. So, right, let us start off with Wikipedia. Yes, people, such a lovely wealth of knowledge to go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia's definition of a cult movie. A cult film, also commonly known, referred to as a cult classic, is a film with a cult following. Obscure or unpopular with mainstream audiences, or often revolutionary or ironically or ironically enjoyed. Sometimes the definition is expanded to exclude films that have been released by major studios or have big budgets. Try specifically to become cult films or become accepted by mainstream audiences or critics. Cult films are defined as such by audience reaction as they are by content. For me, though, the way I de- the way I define a cult film is, which isn't always good, because I'll go into one of my films in a minute, is. When the film's initially released, it's the box office numbers that's seen for it. It's it's a film that has a big, great, raving reviews, but for some reason... The box office just didn't do well for it initially. Really did not. And that, that's, how I, that's how I define a cult movie. If I really enjoyed the film, but it didn't do well at the box office, for a multitude of reasons, see how that goes. This won't play out for one of the films I'm about to talk about with my honourable mentions. We'll get to that in a second. But, right, so how should we do this today? I think we'll do alphabetical order today, actually. So I think we'll start with
1: Fergus. Fergus, do you want to give us your honourable mentions? Um. So my honourable mention, I guess, would be The Big Lebowski. Um, It didn't quite make the list because I'm not especially familiar with its cult following. But it is a very good film. Um, Definitely worth watching. I must have seen it two or three times now. Um, Yeah, very interesting. Um, Brief plot down, rundown. There are two guys called Lebowski and one guy just wants his rug back.
0: I mean, uh, and he definitely likes his milk.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah he really does
0: and one man definitely likes his guns and uh, yeah that's a great film that almost hit my honourable mentions list Uh, I tried to like cut it down to two for myself but The Big Lebowski uh, did have a spin-off movie The Jesus Rolls with uh, John Turturro coming back as Jesus which I thought was hilarious that they did a, sp- which they did a spin-off sequel. I did sequel. not see that. Yeah, Also serving as writer and director of the movie. Mm. So yeah, there was actually a spin-off sequel of that. So maybe check that out, Fergus. Obviously, yeah. the budget for this film was $15 million. It came out with a box office of 46 That's pretty good for a $15 million budget. It made three times its budget back. But again, since a cult movie, nice choice, dude. Nice mm. choice. Right. James, do you want to give us your honorable mentions if you have
2: any? I'll give one honorable mention, and that's a film called uh, Smoking Aces. I'm not sure that it counts as a cult movie, but I think I think I think it does. It's not something that's massively popular, but uh and it's a little bit of a mix of views on it quite quite often, but I think it's a thoroughly entertaining film. Uh about a different a bunch of different assassins trying to assassinate the same person and also competing with each other. It's um plays whole thing for kind of like uh it's got quite a dark sense of humor for the movie. And you just like, like a good bit of fun action, then I recommend it.
0: I totally forgot Ben Affleck was in this film. Yep. Totally forgot. So many good actors in this movie. So many good actors. I may have to, may have to give this a rewatch again soon, actually. I may, may have to definitely give this a rewatch. Uh, yeah, awesome source. Right, moving on to my honorable mentions. The first one is a little movie called The Thing. Obviously, when this movie initially came out, it, it was actually released through negative reviews, describes as instant junk, a wretched excess, and proposed as the most hated film of the time, of all time, by a film magazine, Cinefantastique. Uh, reviews praised both, but reviews did, pra- but also did reviews did praise the special effects achievements and criticised their visual repulsiveness, while others found the criti- uh, characterization poorly uh, realised. I disagree with that. Uh, many reasons for this society's failure to impress audiences, competitions such as E.T., which offered a more optimistic take on alien visitation, a summer which filled with the audiences, um, which had been filled with successful uh, science fiction and fantasy films, an audience info session, etc. The film had a $15 million budget and it only made $19.6 million back in America. Obviously, very brief rundown uh, men get stuck in a. Uh, at arctic uh research station and an alien presence comes in but the alien starts taking over people's bodies and you don't know who it is and there is multiple scenes in this movie that fucked me up when i was younger so basically it's among us yes well it is kind of yeah it is, well among us is based on that and also the thing is actually based on a 19 it's actually based on a book from the mm. 1940s 1950s uh, and obviously there was there was actually an original film ba- actually created in the 50s, which I didn't know and uh, I believe that Blumhouse is actually trying to do a remake of the thing. So I'd be very interested. there was this there was the prequel that came out in 2011 2012. It wasn't great. It was very CGI heavy and it it, it, it did end as the first movie began, which was interesting. but yeah, and there was video games which were set after the movie. So it did actually give it a continuation on. So, again, it started Kurt Russell and uh, Keith David and a bunch of other actors. Yeah, so that was one of my uh, options. The other one, which I mentioned before, is the fact that box office isn't always determinant for a cult movie, and that is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. We'll this get mo- back to this one. <laughs> okay, then. Well, okay, we'll get back to it in a bit, then. We'll definitely get back to it in a bit. Right, then. Well, I guess we'll uh, round back to our number fives, then. Fergus, do you want to hit us up with your number five?
1: Number five, I don't know if you've ever heard of this one, but Cruel Intentions, 1999. Oh, yeah, this. Uh, this is Sarah Miguel Geller, Reese Witherspoon, and Ryan Felipe, um, quite young versions of themselves. Um, two vicious step-siblings in an elite Manhattan prep school w- uh, make a wager to deflower the new headmaster's daughter. Um, it's... Yeah, sort of quite high-grade American high school elite, like, psychological mind games action. Um, It is pretty sadistic, um, I think. (laughs) I was probably too young when I first watched this, but um, it's one of those films that definitely does make an impression. Um, Yeah, um, it's good. Definitely seek it out if you haven't seen it already. Um, Yeah, it's think um american pie but it's not funny it's more psychological mind games cuz it's kind of the same era the same kind of actor crowd same you know um genres drama romance yeah i guess that's technically correct kind of funny um i haven't got a box office in front of me but i don't imagine it did especially well
0: so cause... supposedly right the budget was 10.5 million the box office was 75.9 million. Oh, really Okay, yeah. I consider it a Without... bit niche, but... um. So if you hear that in the background, people, we've got a food delivery appearing, so, uh, yeah. Yum. And my camera's vibrating because my washing machine's currently going, so <laughs> if you hear that in the background, people, I do apologise. Right, so, moving on to James, what is your
2: number five? My well, number five is a film called Beetlejuice.
0: Ah, okay, I never thought to put this on my list, actually. Yeah.
2: Michael, Mike, Michael Keaton, I think it was just before he was Batman, and... I mean, he's basically the reason this film is so good. His his performance is uh fantastic. Uh so you got like Zany kind of like performance, you know, like a lot of comics. I suppose like Jim Jim K, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's just this really large, larger than life uh character. Um we talk about what a film is for those of you who might not actually know. So Beetlejuice is a nineteen eighty-eight American Fancy horror comedy film, and thank you, late for showing this on the stream so I can just read it off Wikipedia. Directed by Tim Burton, blah 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 blah. The plot revolves around a recently deceased couple who, as ghosts haunting their former home, contact Beetlejuice, who's Mark Keaton, who is an obnoxious and devious bioethicist from the netherworld, to scare away the house's new inhabitants.
0: Great movie, uh, great. I know. I honestly never thought to put this on my list, to be honest, because uh, I said I it's it's has one of the actresses in it who's in one of my favorite shows of recent times, *Shit's Creek*, go uh, Catherine O'Hara, uh, oh, uh, I, and I, I Winona Ryder. I
2: thought you were gonna say Winona Ryder, yeah.
0: That as well, uh, that as well for *Stranger Things*, cause she had a resurgence. But great movie. I haven't seen this in haven't seen this in quite a while, to be honest. And uh, I know I know they are looking to do a sequel, so very interesting how they could pull that off. Mm. Hmm. Interesting, interesting indeed right moving along to my number five now i don't know if this might be higher on your guys list at all but my number five is blade runner will this appear later
2: no i mean the only only reason i didn't put it on my list is because i knew somebody else have it on their list
0: that is fair now some people might kill me for putting this at my number five specifically compared to some of the other films which are higher for me but I think for me it was, I only finally saw Blade Runner, the final cut, the proper version that was supposed to be seen about four or five years ago for the first time. And I think it sort of passed me by a little bit, but still seeing it, I really greatly appreciated the movie. I loved, the visuals were stunning for the time period. I still think it holds up today. Well, maybe not as much as today, but the fact that we've passed the point where this was supposed to happen is hilarious as well. Uh, When this movie first came out, it, it it had a budget of 30 million. It only made 41 million at the box office which is quite shocking to me, to be honest. Um, so basically, obviously, it's based on the uh, novel Do Androids Dream of Electric City by Philip K. Dick, then the dystopian future of Los Angeles in 2019, in which is synthetic humans known as replicants, are bioengineered by the Tyrell Corporation to work on space colonies. When a fugitive group of advanced replicants led by Roy Batty, uh, played by Roger Hauer, escaped back to Earth, burnt-out cop Rick Deckard, played by Harrison Ford, with a lot of categories to hunt them down. This movie performed, uh, uh, you know quite bad at the box office. But it was praise it was quite praised for, you know, it's uh complexity and visuals. Uh this is going by obviously um Wikipedia's definition of it. And obviously they did do uh you know continuous continuous things there on and inspirations. It was a big inspiration for a lot of sci fi and cyberpunk going forward. And they did have the sequel uh, Blade Runner 2049, which was I actually quite enjoyed to be honest. I thought it was a really good movie. Um and it has a great uh, soundtrack by Vangelis, who recently passed away. Really enjoyed this movie. Um uh, I'm wondering if they'd ever do a remake. It would be interesting if they ever did that, to be honest. Like, obviously, we had a sequel, but w- would we need a remake? I know they had that recent um, n- video game that came out that was supposed to be a re- remake of the remaster of the original. It didn't work out, but it would be very interesting to see. So that's my number five. Fergus, let's hop onto your number four. Number four. Uh, number four. Donnie Darko. Have you seen this? I I am not a big fan of this movie. I don't know. Why. You not? I just, I've never been a big fan. I like, I've watched it once and mm. I don't know, it was just I guess I just wasn't into like that that sort of like thing to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's I it's pretty um unique concept wise, I think. Like the way it kind of um deals with the character sort of yep. isolation and I guess well, I mean issues in general, I think. Um, if you've not seen it before, this is a 2001 film uh, where Donnie, who is Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. interestingly, mm-hmm. um, after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. I think that rather undersells it as a premise because oh, yeah. it explores quite a lot of very interesting concepts. Mm. Um I'm pretty sure the world's ending. When isn't the world ending? It's um twenty-eight
0: different. days. So I'm reading here.
1: it's uh written and directed by Richard Kelly. Um yeah the the most breakthrough star of this film is Jake gyllenhaal I think. Um
0: and, and his sisters in it. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um it, I think it was a fairly low budget indie-ish, indie-ish production for nineteen ninety-nine. Um had a budget
0: four point five million, only made a box office of seven point
1: five. It's definitely done better than that in the inter- intervening years. Um,
0: yeah, everyone knows Donnie Darko. Sure, sure. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, when it when it comes to this movie, obviously, I believe this was one of Patrick Swayze's last movies as well. Like he he passed away in oh no, say he passed away in two thousand and nine. So, but I believe he, Tony uh, Darko, was you know in that area of films he did you know going going forward but mm. again an interesting concept for a movie mm. i just i don't know i just I, I when it came to it i was very i don't know what it was i really don't know i think like it was just, it was just very it was quite it was quite dark and i think at the time period i just wasn't into those sorts of movies again yeah i can look back on the movie and appreciate it, and obviously it's highly regarded a bunch a bunch of bunch of people and, and how how these movies play out today and in cult, cult cinema i definitely mm. think that is that is done well. So James has popped away for a couple of minutes. So we're going to skip over to my number four, and then we'll um, we'll come back to James in a minute. And uh, know that if he comes back, I'll reinform him of what it's going to be. But yes, people, right? My number four is a little movie. Never give up. Never surrender. Galaxy Quest.
1: Uh, I did think this would uh, show up.
0: Damn right it does. Obviously, amazing Star Trek, not Star Trek movie. This Yay. movie is brilliant this movie is absolutely brilliant so basically james has returned he has returned from the nether to give us uh give us his presence but i we skipped over to my number four which is galaxy quest
2: also on one of mine on my list so i'll call that number four on mine it's not interesting my
0: list. well then i guess we'll come back to the mix we haven't actually truly gone into any discussion with this but we'll get back to it in a little bit then so james we'll uh we'll roll over to your number four then
2: oh okay my actual number four uh so i'm hoping this in my opinion this classifies as a cult film um but would you consider a batman film to be a cult film which one of for phantasm it's Ooh. an anime it's, an anima- it's, it, it's a sorely underappreciated animated batman film which is why i've chosen it so it's not one of it it's not one of the main films it's a film which a lot of people probably don't know but it's actually really really good so if you are a fan of the Batman animated series, or you're just a fan of Batman in general, and haven't heard about this film, I definitely recommend watching it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, do you know what? I definitely agree with that. And like, just looking at, um, just looking at the box office now. So it was actually praised by critics when it first came out for the uh, visual style, voice mm-hmm. performances, story, but the box office was quite bad for it. It actually made less than its budget. So I think, I think when I it comes
2: to that, one, it I didn't it at
0: all. And obviously, came out nineteen, it came out. In Christmas Day 1993. That yeah. is a weird time to. I never understood why we, you released a film on Christmas Day, to be honest. Mind you, in America, I believe a lot of people go to the cinema on Christmas sometimes. So I don't know if that's a thing over there. But yeah, I'll be honest with you, dude. I've never actually seen Master of the Phantasm all the way through. Really? I've seen, I've
2: seen, I've seen I've reviews it. of it.
0: I've got it I've, on uh, DVD you want to buy it. I've actually got it. I purchased it. I just yeah. I haven't rewatched it. I've watched a few reviews for it. But again, I know you. I know you've said though that if they did do a Batman story outside the Court of hours, this is the story you'd actually like them I to think do a live what, action. I think, I,
2: think, I think that's what you said uh, when we talked about it. Night. Like, um, no, I would. I, I, I wouldn't have this live action myself. Um, I mean, it might be interesting. I mean, it's, it's an idea. It might be interesting to have that uh, aspects of it potentially with um, phantasm. But I'm not sure it's the necessarily V1 that I would go with. It was and- to, adapt, to adapt something. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. But yeah, again, that again, for a film that came out in nineteen ninety three though, it still definitely holds up to t- today. Like a lot of animated films don't usually hold up, but I think this this especially does from what I've seen of it at least anyway.
2: It would probably it would just, just put a little side note. Um if it was to adapt something wanted to adapt something adapted into a live action for Batman, it would probably be the animated series introduction of um Frost. Yeah,
0: I get that. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Freeze, indeed. Freeze, one. Yes, of course. Yeah, no. All right, people, we're now going on to our number three. Our number three with Fergus. What is your number three?
1: At number three, we have being John Malkovich. I've never seen this. Have you not? I, oh oh I my have, God. I have. It is so good. It's go Um, it is an absolute powerhouse of acting from Jan- John Malkovich himself. Um, this is a nineteen ninety nine film. Um, where a puppeteer discovers a portal that leads literally into the back of the head of the movie star, John Malkovich. So there is a fairly... They discover, like, um, a secret floor on this office block, and in this floor, there is a door. If you go through this door, you become John Malkovich for a set period of time. And, of course, it leads to all kinds of weirdness. Um... So they eventually <laughs> open this door to a bunch of people and like just people keep becoming actually John Malkovich. I don't think they initially realise that the going through they actually become John Malkovich. They think it's just some kind of trip or something. But then John Malkovich himself gets involved in the door with John Malkovich and then just lots of John Malkoviching
2: goes it on. It's, it's an funny- absolute Very surreal movie, and I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Director Spike Jones, Main Stars, Cameron Diaz, John Cusack, Catherine Keener, and, of course, John Malkovich. Um, Also
0: Charlie Sheen, I just saw.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Highly recommend watching this. Um, Again, very strange, but if you're up for watching John Malkovich play lots of different people for two hours... Absolutely, go for it. Fair enough.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Fergus. I this this has actually been on my list for quite a few years. To be honest, I'm definitely gonna have to give it a watch at some point. Maybe after we've done this, I'm gonna will probably watch them and give a little mini review as we go forward. Right, people, we're now swinging along to James's number three. Yep,
2: yeah, probably a little bit outdated now. Everybody now, now with the advent of remote working, but it's all about it's a film. It's all about the drudgery of working in an office and it is office space
1: uh yeah it's good at this
2: it is good highly recommend it it's a comedy it's a comedy film by Mike judge the guy who's responsible for Beavis and Butthead which I don't haven't watched I don't know it's not my kind of thing no but it office, never was mine it's Office it's very different it is, is very different office, yeah. office space is highly recommended it's not as crass as um the f Manchard show so if you like yeah I mean if, if you like your comedy uh, and you like your satire in particular of the office space, then office space is where it's at.
0: Well, I think yeah. we all know that meme, don't we? As I was
2: gonna say, is this the one with the printer? Yes. Well, yes, yes. we well, all, all attack the printer,
0: yeah. <laughs> also, the whole, well, if you could just get this done meme as well. Yeah. Um, Definitely comes from that. Yeah, again, hard. a film I've not seen either. What? I've got it,
2: again, I've got it on DVD. Also,
0: like. uh he's the co-creator of King of the Hill as well. Hmm. Yeah. And I believe, did he do, did he do Dodgeball? I believe did he do dodgeball? I'm just gonna have to confirm this now because I swear he did. Now I'm probably wrong. We'll probably find out in a second. But no, I can't see it. Uh, I know. I know. Um, yeah. Again, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I'll. Have, I might. make cut that part out. But who knows. anyway. Right. Again, it's a film I've seen for quite a while, like going about and everything. But I've just never watched it myself. And I, I'm gonna have to add it to the list. Add it to the list. Right. So going to my number three now. It's a film I rave about. an anime i spoke about last week that movie is probably the highest budget on this uh, list entirely that's starship troopers Hmm. starship troopers is um received mostly negative for film reviews when it came out Uh, however in retrospect reviews have become more positive many critics highlighted the film's political satire it grossed 54 million dollars in the us a total of 121 million dollars worldwide the problem was though it was the budget it had a 105 million dollar budget so it only made, it made less than 19 million over its, well, about 17 million over its budget, which is quite bad for a big sci-fi movie. Obviously, this did spawn two sequels. Do not watch them. Uh, maybe watch the third one for the case of, um, whatchamacallit, uh, the third one for the Marauders, the me- mech suits, and also they have this really terrible music number. But it's, it goes into like heavy Christianity in that movie. It's very, very weird. And also the brain bug, there's a massive like space vagina in that movie. It's a very very weird film. And do, just don't watch the second one because it's literally two sets. That's it. It's awful. Um, the first one though, I love the first the first movie. Uh, I watched it when I was younger. Maybe shouldn't have done. I but like all of us, we definitely most likely watched this when we were younger, thinking it was like a, just a standard sci-fi movie like Star Wars or something really wasn't, <laughs> especially in the first five minutes of this movie. Obviously, it follows uh, Johnny Rico and his exploits in the Mobile Infantry, a futuristic military unit. Rico's military career progresses from recruit to non-commissioned officer and finally to officer. against the backdrop of an interstellar war between mankind and inter- in- insectoid species known as arachnids. This movie, uh, it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best uh, Visual Effects, uh, but lost to Titanic. I can see that. If Titanic wasn't there, though, it would have won because... Rewatching this film today apart maybe the space sequences not as much but the alien bugs really do hold up majorly hold up in my opinion uh obviously this movie doesn't really take a lot from the original novel it takes like some of the characters some of the narratives of it but it pulls its own thing because the director had a big issue just trying to get through this it actually did create have like an t- animated tv series come out which i thought was brilliant back in the uh, early 2000s and it had two Computer animated movies Invasion and Traces of Mars, which um Casper Van Dien came back to play. And it starred Mr. Neil Patrick Harris as his best friend in the movie, which always makes me giggle as to being part of that film as Carl Jenkins. I love this movie. I think the soundtrack is brilliant. Anytime I play XCOM, the Starship Troopers theme has to play at some point in that game. I played that song. Basically, every time my housemates knew I was playing XCOM. I played that in my Final Mission. The new games were pretty good as well that came out recently. But yeah, that was my, uh, that was my number three. So, Fergus, let's, uh, let's bring it around to your
1: number two. Ah, Number two There is the previously mentioned The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Excellent. 1975 uh, comedy horror musical. A uh, newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter from the bizarre residence of Doctor Frank Inferta. Uh, if you know this film, you know this film. Um, oh
0: yes, oh yes, yes, very yes, very.
1: There's, much oh. there's a lot to be said about this. To be honest, um, starring Tim Curry himself, Susan Sarandon, and uh, Barry Bostwick, and Meatloaf, also.
0: Uh, Richard O'Brien.
1: Yes, absolutely. Crystal Maze, Yeah. Uh, A lot of very big characters came together to make this film. I think uh, it's my understanding when they were originally given the rights to make the play that this is based on, this was not the expected result by the rights holders. (laughs) Um, The the film has been taken in a very different direction to how the original uh, play originally played out but all the better for it like this is one of these films where people will turn up to specialist cinemas in fancy dress to do sing-alongs with each other like it is still it's got a massive community behind it a very I like-
0: have always said if I toned up I would go dressed as frankenfurter maybe not the heels because I'm accident prone but <laughs> I will wear the corset I will wear the I will wear the pants everything I will do everything I will I will I will well, you know you know me guys of course, course i'd I do it you know i only saw this movie like i knew time warp growing up yeah i knew of sweet transvestite but i never saw the film until i was at university at all it was only when i went to university yeah. that i actually saw this movie for the first time
1: yeah it took me a while to actually get around to watching it um but it is it is quite something um yeah it's, it's an experience to be experienced And if you get really into it, there is a community that will meet yearly in your town in fancy dress to sing along to it.
0: There's actually a video on YouTube I highly recommend. It's a bunch of celebrities getting together for like an anniversary of it. And they each do a song from it. And one of the people who does the Sweet Transvestite song, he puts everything into that song. Like it is so good. Like really good. And again, was this Tim Curry's breakout role?
1: Uh, Possibly possibly i don't know what he was doing before 1975
0: obviously you know he was you know, it and stuff like that but when oh, it comes to when it comes to tim curry though um so he was in uh hair i mean i dream so uh, yeah so once upon a time yeah so again i think this was his uh, big like yes. if we are thinking big performances yeah this probably was his um his actual yeah yeah, big this
1: is the first thing in his listing of uh, acting credits that I recognize for sure, and it was very. It was been. It was acting from nineteen sixty eight. It's kind of like guy in TV series, waiter, this sort of thing, policeman number two, and then it just comes out as Rocky Horror Picture Show, and
2: then Tim Curry was Tim Curry forevermore. <laughs> But surely, surely Spike up has is a look fun. Uh
1: Yes, that's probably not listed on IMDb's best film uh, acting.
0: Brace. I will say though, going by the budget in the box office, it is disgusting how much this made.
1: Oh, it's like, still making money. It's still the making budget.
0: Money. The budget was one point four million dollars. Its box office Hot was two hundred twenty-six million dollars. <laughs> that's wow. pretty much a like two over a two hundred percent increase. No. Yeah. 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 That's that's insane. That's yeah. highly ever heard of. And yeah. as you said, like you could go to a club, you could go to a bar. As soon as this song comes on, everyone mm. always knows the lyrics and all, all, always singing and whatnot. Yeah. It's it's just insane. And this yeah. movie's brilliant. And yeah, I know when they did the remake for TV recently, uh, they had Tim Curry come back as the narrator in the wheelchair. Because obviously oh, right. he had a stroke, yeah. so he couldn't play that part again. But I bet if he didn't have that stroke, he would have tried to play Frank Converter again. That would have been... <laughs> That would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, or maybe, the, you know, the the, uh, the the host of the home. Mm. Uh, yeah, love this film. Still can't believe it took me so long to watch it. Again, brilliant film. Excellent choice. Right, James, do you want to give us your number two?
2: I will, but first of all, I didn't realise that Tim Kai was in Dragon Age Origins. Oh, okay. a little bit of tidbit there. It's good fact, but I look for didn't sully him from a uh, video game acting. So my number two is actually uh, what we are about to talk about earlier, which is Galaxy Quest.
0: Excellent choice.
2: Yeah, so this is like a sci-fi spoof of Star Trek, but in many ways it has been, um, it's almost, even though it's comedy, it's always been thought about by a lot of uh, Star Trek fans as almost a Star Trek film in and of itself, because it's fact. So it's, 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 it's fact respectful of uh, the Star Trek mythology while still being very, very funny.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, obviously, what I mentioned before has like amazing actors Tim Curry, Sigoni, sorry, no, Tim Curry's <laughs> All the Tim's. Tim Allen, uh, Sigourney Weaver, obviously the late and amazing Alan Rickman, Tony Sh- uh, Shaloub, uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell, uh, Daryl Mitchell. Also, it stars Enrico Colatoni, You've definitely recognized the actor. Justin Long, uh, Rain Wilson from The Office, which uh, a lot of people forget. And also uh, Missy Peel as well. Obviously, I know T- Tony Shalhoub from Monk. Obviously, Alan Rickman is just, you know, amazing in the entire film. Scorning is Tim and Alan as well. Yeah, this film, I think it's a case of, like, the fact they 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 played against type in the movie. Like, it's a case of, well, maybe not played against type, but they played into type in the sense of actors. Some of them were just over the whole sci-fi role and everything like, that they, they played. and. The main actor is just engrossed in it. He, this is the William Shatner of, you know, this world. You know, he is the, you know, the actor who's like so engrossed in his community and in this narrative. When it comes to um, the actual movie itself, I love the fact, obviously we're getting spoilers, people, for this sort of stuff. The one thing I love about this movie is they they do a major joke with the red shirt, which I thought was hilarious with this movie. Like the whole, you know, uh, Sam Wells character dies in one of the episodes of the show we won't go on tomorrow and we just go watch the movie people, but his character is hilarious in the movie. Um, I rewatched this movie last year again, and it still holds up to this day. Like it really does. And the, the whole like aliens seeing Earth's t- earth's videos as historical documents and using them as like the reference for the entire society is a very interesting concept, especially since all we've sent out so far is mathematical equations and pictures of, you know, people and, um yeah no again imagine imagine like if like they watch star trek now they watch what we watch with star trek and they actually aliens don't come do come down to a planet. do that would be hilarious but also creepy and weird Mm. obviously i know they've been trying to um get this going so it's confirmed like uh the journey continues but obviously um anna rickman would have passed away as has passed away now no doubt i bet when the film does happen or the series does happen they will, it will play a big part into the narrative of, like, Alan Rickman's character passing away. I think that'll be a big part of the narrative, like, trying to continue the legacy of this character passing the movie. Again, brilliant movie, people. Highly recommend it. Got any more to say, James?
2: By Grandfather's Hammer. I, I, can't remember, I can't remember the rest of it.
0: By Grandfather's Hammer, I shall avenge thee. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much. Right. My number two. This is my number two superhero movie of all time. But it is classed as a cult movie of all time. And that, my fair people, is Dread. Dread is my number two cult movie. It had a budget of 30 to 45 million. Only made 41 million, which it pisses me off because this movie is brilliant. Again, I probably won't go into this too much because we talked about it in the, TV, the TV's, uh Go listen to our top five superhero uh, series and listen to my number two for that. This is my number two there as well. When they eventually do a sequel to this or, like, you know, the uh, possible Mega City one, they need to win Carla Urban back. They, they need to win this cast back and this, this this visual setting back. They can't just forget it because everyone loved this visual setting. You, you say you speak of dread to anyone. And I've not heard a single person badmouth this movie at all in any sense. Because you both of you
1: have seen it, correct? I don't think I have seen dread. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Shock. Horror. You've seen it, James, haven't you? Uh, I have
0: not. I've not seen it. Wow. Okay. So everyone has homework this weekend. I'm going to be watching my, uh, Office Space and Smoking Aces again and a few other properties and a few other films. <coughs> you guys are going to be watching Dread. <laughs>
2: yeah. And
0: also, okay. the good thing about Dread is it is only 95 minutes long. Perfect movie length. It's basically, um, obviously, it's based on the 2000 AD property. Uh judge judge gets stuck with a rookie for the day judge anderson and they are forced to bring in a t- forced to bring order to a 200 story high-rise block of apartments to deal with the resident drug lord mama and uh it's a judgment day it's a or as um the morbius crowd would i it's judging time and uh i really shouldn't put that in the same category as this but the music in this movie the electronic in the music music in this movie is disgustingly good i'm not a huge fan of electronic music myself like heavy drum based electronic, maybe not drum and bass music, but electronic rock music. I'm not hugely into that myself. But this movie does an amazing job with its visuals for the budget. It has um, the visual aesthetics, especially, and the re- how they portrayed this character. And also, he never takes off his helmet once. You see him suiting up at the beginning, but you've never seen him take off his helmet, which I think was very great. And I know Carl Urban loves his character. Right. Uh, go listen to our two uh, top superior episodes for me to just talk about that more. But right. We're going to get to our number ones now, people. Our number ones. Fergus, what is your number one cult movie of all time?
1: Number one cult movie for me, at least, is *Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas*. Uh, this is a 1998 film uh, starring Johnny Depp, Vinicio del Toro, and Tobey Maguire. Very young Tobey Maguire, admittedly. Like this is going to be one of his first acting roles. Oh wow! In a film, at least. Directed by Terry Gillingham, uh, writers Hunter S. Thompson, Terry Gillingham, and Tony Grisoni. Um, How much do you know about Hunter S. Thompson? Is the reporter right? Yes. Gonzo journalism, kind of like 60s, 70s. Um, This is kind of, I say not loosely, loosely based off him as a character rather than a biopic. so the plot description IMDb gives is an oddball journalist and a psychopathic lawyer travel to Las Vegas for a series of psychedelic escapades doesn't do it justice really um I've just seen its shockingly low meta score of 41 I don't agree with that <laughs> So this is Kind of like a love letter to the end of the '60s hippie psychedelic drug use decade. So summer of love. Um, so this is kind of like the last hurrah with a you know everything's acceptable. As I said, it is very druggy. um Like people turn into lizards, carpets melt, this sort of thing. But it's normal, I guess um yeah it's it it is really quite a deep uh film really i've seen this quite a few times now um but it is a very entertaining road trip on top of everything because they get into some really wacky adventures again las vegas on drugs it'll be an intense experience which it is i definitely recommend it i think his audiences might be on the niche uh side um Hence its cult status. But I think people who get behind it and get behind Andres Thompson and the Gonzo journalism era would really be into this film.
0: Well, I have not seen this film. I know. I've. I know. I've. Everyone. Knows, I think a lot of people know how I fear of Loving in Las Vegas. To be honest, you know, it's, it's a big thing. Also, just looking at the cast. So Cameron Diaz is in the film. Jerry yes. Busey, Christine Yes. Ritchie. You know, Kristen Maloney, like, uh, Vern Troyer is even in this, in this movie. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of actors. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to give this a go. Uh, that's, that's the good thing, people. Like, um, take these lists, people, and use them as a reference base. Because, again, with the anime shows, I may, I'm may i probably going to watch a couple of the ones Fergus recommended. Probably not the others. Uh, but definitely with some of these today, I'm definitely going to watch where. So hopefully you take that away, people, yourselves as well. But we're going to go from Fergus' number one, thank you, Fergus, to James's number one.
2: And also one of my favourite films of all time, if not my favourite film of all time, which is In Bruges. This is a, a film which, in my opinion, it's probably Colin Farrell's best performance in in a film. He's amazing, amazing in this film. It's a film by Martin McDonagh. I praise anything that guy does. as so I love everything I've seen of him. It's about a couple of. It's, it's like a very dark humorous film. It's about a couple of hitmen who are. Been moved to In after a mishap during a hit. I'm not going to spoil the twists and turns in the film because of well money. And there's a lot of dark, witty humour uh, throughout the film. I, I highly recommend it.
0: Uh, I believe uh, there is a, not a sequel coming to this app, but there's a new film coming out quite soon with um, Brennan Gleeson and... Um...
2: Yeah, it's got nothing yeah. to do with this, but it's by Brian McDonough as well. And I'm 100% going to watch that.
0: Okay, maybe maybe we will do a review for that. People, uh, I I've never actually seen In Bruce Actually, I'm definitely probably going to watch this. Thank you very much, James. Thank you. And I know I know you definitely. Every time we talk about these sorts of films, this always usually comes up, and I'm, I'm I feel guilty. That I haven't <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, so I'm definitely going to have to watch it now. Right. So my number one movie is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, you know, it's you know I could put this in a sci-fi category, a video game category, in my opinion. You know you could class this as a video game movie as well. It's a cult movie. And it's a movie called *The Last Starfighter*. This movie, it's a 1984 space opera directed by Nick Castle. The film follows Alex Rogan, a teenager who. Uh, well, actually, let, let's go off the wiki. Let me let me go for myself. In basically, um, Alex Rogan, uh, played by Lance Guest, he's a teenager who lives in a trailer park in America in the eighties. And there's this arcade machine, Starfighter arcade machine. And he thinks he's just trying to get the top score for this arcade machine. He's doing amazing, getting the top score. Also stars a very, very young Will Wheaton as well, fun, fun little fact there. Um, but it turns out that this arcade machine is a training module for an intergalactic space force that's training its next, next uh, career uh, space fighter pilots against Zerg and the Kodan Armada. Always remember that. And as uh, Centaur, uh, the, basically uh, the recruiter, comes down to Earth, replaces his body with a mutant version of himself, which freaked me the fuck out when I was younger because when he's being created, it's like this goopy mess with its eyeballs not fully formed, and it's just like <sighs> breathing. like It's very creepy for that sort of thing, time period. Gets taken into space in a space DeLorean because obviously it's the 80s. The ships in this movie um, are just stunning. The design was amazing. The fact that, like, the music for this, if, if I could get away with, like, the copyright of this music, what I'm going to do is, people, I'm going to put in the, lit, in the uh, description the YouTube link or just search The Last Starfighter theme song. So as I'm talking about this right now, play the theme song as we go through. The theme song, to me, is up there with Star Wars, in my opinion. It's, like, it has this, like, very passionate like build up to the music and this lovely undertone when it goes to the silent bits and it's just such an amazing film and i know the writer who wrote rogue one as co-wrote rogue one has been trying to get the last starfighter off the ground for many years now and he actually did a pitch called the last starfighters based on the main character's daughter and children which would be a very interesting concept uh again i know a lot i know a few people have seen this film but this is the first ever film I can remember growing up, and it's a it's the first ever sci-fi film wash. And again, I just love it. I I, I really do love this film. And and I'm, I'm, have you ever heard of the show Future Man?
2: Yes, I see. Oh, oh, I I've, I've seen all three series, and I quite like that film. So yeah, that oh, series, I like that series.
0: Same premise at the start of that show: a video game is sent back in time to train the next uh, fighter up. And ironically, they referenced The Last Starfighter in the first episode. It's majorly referenced. That's how they got around it, essentially, because the rights are sort of in limbo. But again, this is my number one film of all time because also, along with Tron, it has the distinction of being one of the cinema's earliest films to use extensive real-time CGI to depict its spaceships, starships, environments, and battle scenes. I believe it was created in the process before Tron, but Tron came out just before so sort of came up there in that regard. A budget 15 million, only made 29 million at the box office. There's not really many big actors in this movie, like, uh, Robert Preston, uh, if you were in the '80s, you'd probably know who this actor was. Will Wheaton, obviously is probably one of the bigger actors, obviously, to, to this day. but again, I love this film, and it's my number one, and go really go check it out, people. The CGI, I'll tell you now, the CGI does not hold up to date. By any standards, because it is like very early eighties, but the music alone is amazing. Also, um, the one of the other actors, uh, one of the other characters, Grig, he kind of does look very odd. He's like a turtle shell kind of character. But again, love this film. It's it's classed as a cult movie, but I, again, my favorite film of all time, and it would be classed in the cult category. So yeah, that's my that's my number one.
1: I have not seen this at all, but I'm going to have to check this out, I think.
0: It's actually quite difficult to get a hold of, to be honest. Like, I, f- I believe it is on Amazon, uh, mm. but I don't believe the HD version is. Hopefully it is, because I highly recommend watching HD, because it would be very grainy not in HD.
1: Mm. Also, just seeing that last sentence of the um, Wikipedia. In 2004, it was also adapted to an off-Broadway musical.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I <laughs> listened to the soundtrack for that. It is... I love Broadway, but yeah, that wasn't... Couldn't listen to that music much, to be honest. Fair. But yeah, right, okay. Well, people, Fergus is number one. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. James is number one in Bruges. My number one, The Last Starfighter. A very great list of loads of cult movies there, people. But as you know, people, uh, now the end is near. And so we close the podcast curtain. My friends, folks and James, thank you for joining me today
1: on this show. No problem at all. Thank you for having me once again.
2: Thank you, but I can't sing, but it's been a pleasure. Why, thank you, James, for
0: trying that. I'm going to stop singing right now. Uh, <laughs> no, people, it's been absolutely great to have you all back here again today. Again, I'd like to thank James and Felix for joining me today on this adventure uh, into the cult movie phenomenon. Maybe we'll do cult TV shows in the future or something we'd actually like to get into movies and tv shows that were canceled too soon they would like to see revived and if they did revive them how could they reboot them because there's actually been some interesting reboots because we are actually getting a quantum leap sequel which is going to be interesting because that did that did have an open ending to be honest right people again we are going into the outro now people thank you all for joining us today if you have any questions queries or compliments feel free to email us at nmipodcast at outlook.com. That's nmipodcast.outlook.com. With any questions, queries, compliments, maybe give us your favorite cult films of all time. If you've seen any of these films, give us your opinions. If you have any, you know, if you disagree with us on some of these, you know, please do that. We definitely look forward to reading it out. Obviously also email us at feedback at nmicast.com. That will loop us into the other one there. Uh, So go do us that as well uh obviously check out our youtube versions as well at the moment the youtube versions of the pixel talking versions will be coming out a little bit later maybe a day or two later with editing time but go check them out there as well we have a video video um evidence as well you know we can see the things on screen you can see us as we're talking through them images and everything like examples when it comes to you know Listening to our show, obviously, you're listening to it on Spotify or whatever listening platform you do. But if you are listening on another platform, make sure to search for us, nmi-when you need more info. Or if you want to search for our socials, at nmicast. That's at nmicast on Twitter, Instagram, all those lovely things. Search for us on Linktree and all of our links will be there. Right, people. I've been your host, Nate. Thank you again to Ferguson Jones for joining me today. We will see you next week for a lovely, lovely show again for episode 33. Speak to you soon, everyone. Stay safe, Starfighter. See you soon, everyone. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.